0: I type out my thoughts, then I say them aloud. To whom? Who knows? Who cares? Me so. Am I going to say them anyway? Hell yeah. Enjoy! So, (laughs) for those of you who are new here, hi, welcome, glad you could join us. So, I live in New York City, and though there are many things to love about this place, this city, as well as hate, (laughs) the one thing that my suburban-raised, former car-owning self is having a hard time wrapping my head around is grocery shopping. Yes, a simple task like grocery shopping, what could possibly be the problem, one might ask? Nothing. Up until I moved here. (laughs) Back in Maryland, you go to the grocery store, buy everything and anything you need, With your cart full of groceries, you steer it back to your car, pack the things in, and off you drive back home. Easy enough, done, just like that. New York, not so much. At least, not for me. I have to make my commute by train to my Trader Joe's while shopping, keeping in the back of my mind how much I can physically carry and return by train, which is $2.75, before I have to spend an extra $30 on a 20-minute lift ride back to my apartment. And I could be frugal when it comes to my lift fries, especially when it goes from $15 to 30 in five minutes. Like what changed in that time span? Like where was the surge? I, I, I don't understand. Um, so when I decide not to do the lift, I then have to struggle to carry my groceries down the stairs onto the muggy train platform with my mask on. I gotta wear the mask. Sweating, I'm breathing heavy. <laughs> I get onto the train, get off the train, get onto another train, get off at my stop, then decide whether I should wait for the bus to take me two blocks closer to my apartment instead of walking. Then I get back to my apartment, climb the steps, unload, undress, and begin to unpack my groceries. And the part I'm having trouble understanding, the crazy part about all this is that I don't see anyone else in the same predicament as me. I might see someone here or there that has like maybe a small bag of groceries, but I don't see anyone really like carrying like groceries, like, you know, you know, going full out. And I I, I just don't understand, like, <laughs> Either they live right next door to the grocery store, or are wealthy enough to afford weekly lifts, grocery delivery systems, private chefs, don't cook, eat out every night. I don't know. I, I, something something doesn't make sense. Something's not clicking. Um, all I know is there has to be a better way to go about this or I'm going to have to work the lift rights into my budget and cut back on the Oreos and the Doritos. I did it. I did it. I finally did did it. (laughs) On my first episode of Thoughts Aloud, I talked about reading the Harry Potter books for the first time ever, and I can happily and also a little sadly say I have done just that. It's a weird feeling. Having wanted to for such a long time and not being able to, but now doing so, a sense of completion came over me as I closed the book on the last chapter. Um, And I can never have the experience of reading the books for the first time again, discovering and experiencing the adventures of the magical world and its people, and it's a interesting feeling. Like once you experience something for the first time, it feels as though the magic of the moment is kind of lost. You can never have that sense of surprise, joy, anger, sadness, the feeling of discovery, you know? But I think you gain new feelings, feelings of appreciation and remembrance and of memories that you will have as long as you hold those experiences dear. Um. I don't know if I'm making sense, but sometimes things don't have to make sense, okay? At least not completely. Um, But the last phrase of the book, as Harry Potter fans will know, is, all is well. And I couldn't think of a more perfect phrase to describe my current state of being. I'm a fraud, I'm a fake, I'm a floozy. Hi, editing Kofi here. The last sentence of Harry Potter was all was well, not all is well. I have to make that correction because I I just, I, I, I couldn't have that be, <laughs> I couldn't have that slip up. So just wanted to point that out. Yes, all was well. And yes, that is how I feel, Um but yes. Okay, back to the episode. been slept in 18 hours crazy isn't it (laughs) my sleep schedule has been basura (laughs) for the past couple of weeks straight up basura okay i don't know when it started or what threw it off but i've been on like a cycle of staying up throughout the night till around like 7 a.m then sometimes sometimes not going for a run coming home showering and then sleeping till like five in the early evening and just repeating that cycle over and over again like it's it's really bad And it doesn't help that I have nowhere to go, no one to see, and nothing to do, though there's a lot that I should be doing and want to be doing, but you know, you know how that goes. (laughs) Uh, But by the time I quote on quote unquote start my day, the sun is starting to go down, it's getting quieter outside, and most people are finishing like a long work day, ready to wind down and go to sleep. Meanwhile, I'm making like my first meal of the day, completing class assignments, catching up on what happened while I was asleep, and so on and uh, this habit just has to be broken like i it's i it's not it's not working um, like and though i'm getting my eight hours of sleep as doctors recommend this can't be the right way of going about it can it i sometimes like try to justify it by like thinking about the overnight like professionals like doctors and nurses working their nighttime shift or like graveyard shift employees of like various professions and so on like this is how they operate most of the time like how does it work for them i don't know like being away Living while most of the world sleeps, airily quiet, calming sense of stillness, peace. Okay, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> this, is, this is my tired brain speaking. But let me let me bring it back. Let me bring it home back. <laughs> but yes, I haven't slept in eighteen hours in an attempt to get my sleep schedule back on track, whatever that means. So my plan is to stay up till around like ten or eleven fall asleep, hopefully I'm able to stay asleep, because sometimes I'd be like waking up in the middle of the night, and then I can't go back to sleep, and then that throws it off too. So I want to fall asleep around 10 or 11, stay asleep, get my eight hours, and wake up around eight o'clock, like most people do, (laughs) and realign myself, you know, with the societal norm, live and operate in the sun and amongst people. And as long as I don't take a midday nap, That span is like five hours, because that is always my downfall. I'm just like, let me take a 30-minute nap. Let me take an hour nap. Next thing you know, I'm like asleep for like five hours. And then, yeah. So as long as I don't do that, (laughs) I should be okay. Wish me luck. The finale of Lovecraft Country aired this past Sunday on HBO, and what a ride it's been. Oh, (laughs) child, It's hard to summarize what the show's about without giving too much away, but in short, the show takes place in 1950s Jim Crow America and centers around the main character, Atticus his magical ancestry, and an adventure that no one will soon forget. I'm being a little coy, but it's best to go in not knowing what to expect if you do plan on watching it. Um, But overall, I enjoyed the 10-episode first season for many reasons. Among those, it's storytelling, it's diverse cast, it's special effects, and most importantly, most importantly, the highlight of this show for me was seeing racists get their ass beat and eaten by monsters. (laughs) Like, there was a post on Twitter that said, Lovecraft country got ghosts, witches, monsters, demons, and the most evil thing on the show is still white people, lol. And I'm sorry, but this is like 100% true. Like, the racism in the show and in just in history in general is just so abhorrent and evil in nature that nothing can beat it. Like, and it's so, it's sad, honestly, that it stems and flourishes within people and nothing like extraordinary or out of this world, like monsters or demons or anything. It's just human people just being mean and spiteful and yeah, evil. So. Yeah, but you know, we keep fighting the good fight, but, so I guess that's wherein lies the hope for a brighter future and all that jazz, but, but still, sometimes a good ass beating of races can be just as therapeutic and quite enjoyable. Um, I did also enjoy watching a main character in the form of Atticus and their surrounding characters that represent and reflect the likes of me and people that look like me. So it's nice to see and recognize how far on-screen representation has come, but also still how much further it has and can go. And even though the characters did things at times that were questionable, annoying, or wrong, (laughs) it made it all the better, honestly, to have characters that were fleshed out, flawed, and far from perfect, but still worth seeing every week and following their journey, their life, their story. So if you enjoy history, fantasy, sci-fi, and a little bit of horror, you know, every now and then, I did sometimes not watch it at nighttime because it was getting a little scary. (laughs) I would definitely recommend you check out Lovecraft Country on HBO. Earlier this month, out of curiosity, but mostly boredom, (laughs) if if I'm being honest, I downloaded Bumble, BFF, (laughs) which is supposed to be the friend-making aspect of Bumble. You know, we're in a pandemic, everyone's quarantined, more time on their hands, what could it hurt, you know? Well, though I was skeptical, my experience as a whole using it over a span of a couple weeks wasn't the worst, but it wasn't the best either. I think I experienced what most people experience in the similar and adjacent world of online dating. A few things happen in my experience. You match with people and no one initiates a conversation. So there you are, knowing that for one reason or another, you both swipe through it because of similar interests, hobbies, appearances, whatever. But neither one of you is willing to start the conversation. Why is that? Now, I'm on the app for a reason. I have no problem starting a conversation, as long as I have something to go off of. I never start with the boring, like, hi, what's up? No one has time for that. That's dry. (laughs) So my hope and what makes it easiest is when someone has something in their profile that has sparked my interest that I can then proceed to initiate a conversation with. A favorite movie, similar music taste, any an interesting picture, anything like that. Usually from there, a conversation gets going or they never respond. No love lost in that case, but then again, why did you swipe right? Or as Cardi B put it, what was the reason, reason bitch? I don't know. What, what he was the, the reason? Reason, reason, reason? Okay, <laughs> so now let's say I've started the conversation. They respond. A conversation is underway. Pleasantries are exchanged. The ball is rolling. The ball is rolling. Okay. <laughs> the best conversations are the ones that are equally had. Both people are answering and more importantly, asking questions. The feeling of one sidedness in conversation is gonna be like so frustrating. Like I started the conversation, you want me to carry it along to you? Like, damn, like do your part. <laughs> and no one should be forced to do or say anything they don't want to. So if there's a lack of interest or something said that has turned the conversation sour, wouldn't it be best to just like say that then move along and move along instead of like a strained and awkward like continued conversation? So this happens in some cases. Then the moment of truth. The law in the conversation. (laughs) All the usual questions have been asked. No one knows what to say next, so no one says anything. A day goes by. Neither person knows whether or not to start up another conversation. Would it be awkward? The risk of putting yourself out there is too much. Some might think another day goes by, and another, and another, and another. Till too much time has passed to start up another conversation without it being quote-unquote weird. And then the potential budding friendship goes still thankfully <laughs> this has not been my experience as a whole um i've had a few successful conversations that later resulted in meeting up to continue the conversation in person but that's another that's a story for another day <laughs> um but my time on bubble has got me thinking though like if it is truly possible as you get older to create and maintain friendships with people like was it time for like friend making while you were still in like k through 12 school and college while you're still forming and growing and kind of like in that like bubble of like you know school and Similar schedules and all that stuff. Like, I don't know. Still, like, somewhat innocent to the responsibilities of the adult world. And as an adult, is the dynamic of friend making change? And is there still time? And if so, how much of it? I thought it would be only fitting to have this week's quotes come from the books I've spent the last couple of months with. Um, There's a lot you can glean from the story and apply it to your life and the world around you, and I thought these quotes were as timely as ever and just right. The first quote comes from the Hogwarts headmaster, Albus Dumbledore, and says, "We must all face the choice between what is right and what is easy." And the second quote is, "What's coming will come, and we'll meet it when it does," spoken by half giant and friend to Harry Potter, Hagrid insightful words don't you think it can be applied to a lot of situations right now with everything that's going on in the world um so yeah just you know think about those quotes and you know reflect and do with them what you will although we've come to the end of the road No, I can't let go It's unnatural <laughs> Thanks for listening. I'd love to hear your thoughts. You can reach me at thoughts Aloud Podcast with an S at gmail.com or on my socials listed below. I um, signed up to be an election poll worker, so it should be an interesting couple of weeks coming up. Um, stay tuned for that. And I also plan to share my thoughts on some Halloween-related topics next week for Halloween. So until then, thank you for listening. I'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.